Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jay Cross, do you know where the hippest, coolest place for guitar nerds content on the internet is? Uh, is it um, Instagram? No, is oh, that, it, that is quite good. Oh, okay. Is it uh, uh, Twitter? Yeah, quite good. Not, oh, okay. Not good. Not as good. The place to go okay. if you want to get some exclusive Guitar Nerds content, patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds. Um, we've had quite a few people um, sign up in the last week or so for the exclusive half an hour of uh, Guitar Nerds content every the, week. The what sort of It's exclu- content? Half an hour of exclusive Guitar Ex- Nerds content every week. Exclusive? Indeed. Patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds. There's e- Patreon! There's even uh, a mini-series by Joe Branton. That's me. That is you. Branton's Ranton, where he talks about... What sort of things do you rant about? Oh, everything. Um, The economy, um, the budget. uh, That's not true, is it? No. uh, No, loads of things. Uh, Most of them are very interesting. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joined this evening by Matt Knight. Hello. Jay Cross. That's my name. And Joe Branton. Yeah! <laughs> Podcast. You've come in here full of vim and vigor this Podcast week, and also Furia. a new look. A new look. I feel like you know how Ugh. like Madonna sort of changes up her image every now and then. Yeah, you, I we, we a, lot, a, new... a, a lot of my images are based on Madonna. Yes, you're in a. I don't really know. Well, we've talked about what you look like, but we can't really share that on the pod. But you, you've gone for a stark look. Yes, quite stern. Ned, Ned Stark. What? I haven't done nothing. Sort has of changed. Authoritarian. I had a little bit of a haircut. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a little bit, you know, you look a little bit authoritarian these days. Uh, you, I am... Speechless. Yeah, for once, thank God. Um, so, thanks for um, thanks for joining us this week. That's what I normally say at the end. I don't know why I've said it now, but yeah. thanks for joining us this week anyway. Um, <laughs> Is that it? No, no. See you later, guys. a little short podcast. <laughs> um, Matt and I, what have you been up to this week? You got a new uh, pedal uh, yes, uh, one for review from the good folks at Fuzzrocious, who we've talked about a lot. The company that they're all family company, and if you want to, you can pay extra and have their kids paint the boxes. Yeah, uh, 
awesome company. Uh, I was lucky enough to meet uh, Ryan and have a chat to wait, him. Wait, 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 wait. Is it extra? I thought it was less. No, I think it's... I, it's no, it's it's cheaper and the kids just randomly paint on it. Or it's more expensive and they'll do like some proper artwork. No, I think artwork is standard. Well, we will agree to disagree. Anyway. You're so lively today. Uh, yeah, I don't I'm know just, what's going on. No, I was yeah, just yeah. trying to keep it fun. Normally, yeah, right. normally... Normally Mondays are it's it's normally good. So we oh, record this on a Monday. It's because you've not drunk any booze. No, well, I have you drunk booze? No, no, no. I haven't drunk booze. That's why. And no booze, no drugs, and I went for a run. Oh, God. You went for a run like a week ago. <laughs> no, it was on. Sunday. Have you been to work today? Yes. Because normally that's like that sort of Mondays are a hard day for you, and you get dragged all the way down to like mm. a level where we can tolerate hanging out with you. Yeah. Did you do a full day at work today? I, oh no, I didn't. Actually. There we there go. go. Hundred <laughs> percent. There we go. So Matt, so which Fuzz Rocious pedal did you get? So I got the Feed Me, which is their new EQ, um, and it's it's really interesting. It's basically two high pass filters and two low pass filters, and each one has got twelve different options giving you a total of 20,076 different combinations. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so dumb. That is the best thing. Uh, with, a, with, a, with a volume and tone. But it's, I mean, they even state that obviously there's going to be, a ri- yeah, there's a ridiculous amount of combinations in there. But if you find a really good one, you can email it to them. They'll put it on their library of different um, kind of cool sounds that they've found. But then you can... Go on, go on. Sorry, Jay, what are you going to say? No, no, go on. I was on. just going to say, let's make like, a load of bad ones and it email just, them in. It just sounds like, um, what cool. was that game? The game that just came out where this super massive, the one that you bought. Oh, No Man's Sky. It sounds like No Man's Sky. Like, where? oh yeah, if you find something cool, let's know. Yeah, just like, e- email that over. so yeah. weird. But it's, um, I've sort of been messing around with it a lot and following a couple of the settings that are on there and you can kind of uh, EQ, um, a bit like a Seymour Duncan pickup booster. In fact, you can EQ single coils to be like a humbucker. You can do it vice versa. Works really well on bass, so you can kind of beef up a Ooh. you know a jazz bass or you can kind of you know add loads of extra thud to a P bass. Um, and because I'm using it in the ES8, I can run it before or after drive pedals. Yeah. So you can you know scoop more mids out for a distortion or you can push more back in for the amp. Um, and if you crank your amp up and you want more drive, it works really well as just a straight ahead boost. So it's like super versatile. Um, and they're like $150. $150. Wow. So a little bit more than so, you yeah, just get off was... like a GB, uh, G, GE7 or something. Yeah. I think maybe necessarily the setup's maybe not as easy because obviously they're not kind of labelled in the sense that obviously with the graphic EQ you've kind of you know just got a few sliders but it's quite easy to just kind of dial in a high pass or a low pass and just tweak it until you find something that really works and i found a couple of settings where i'm like oh this sounds great you play with it for a bit and turn it off and you're like oh like my sound's gone you know it's one of those really nice eqs where you dial in a great sound when you turn it off you realize how much of a difference it was actually making so it's um, it's potentially the best make gooder and also the worst make or the best make worser you could (laughs) really really mess things up yeah, I mean, I have dialed in a couple of sounds. I'm a bit like, wow, that sounds like totally thin and microphone-like. But then I suppose it's almost a bit like that Ibanez LF7 Lo-Fi yeah. that makes it sound like it's going through a megaphone or whatever. So if, I think for recording, potentially there's some, some wicked sounds in there. And it uh, comes with a few little cards you can mark your own settings on. Oh, can you then post them off to Fuzzrocious and say, put this up on your wall, this is a good setting? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's quite good actually because they actually dial it into someone's actually made a bit of software that then shows the EQ curves of the tone control at uh, twelve o'clock 
all the way minimum and all the way maximum so you can actually see what it does to your eq as well matt that was an excellent description completely not the pedal that i was talking about um, when i said you've got a new <laughs> pedal this week you, you just yeah, you yeah. wanted him to talk about the one that's pink yeah of course but oh, that was still super cool yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, of course, that's ama- that sounds amazing. I haven't heard it yet, but like um, the description sounds very good. But yeah, of course, I meant the one that's pink. Ah, uh, yes. Um, yeah, my um, new best friend, Jacob, at Mammoth Electronics sent me a Pink Sparkle DD3. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, we've been talking about some sort of like custom finish stuff. And uh, he was like, oh, just uh, by the way, I've sort of made you a Pink Sparkle DD3. And I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. How much do you want for it? And he's like... Oh man, I'll, I'll send it to you. It's fine. So, oh yeah, a little, like, uh, little bit of sneaky uh, promotion going on there. I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Little little um, bung. But it was, it was. I mean, it was super cool to get it, and it's awesome. Pink Sparkle, amazing finish. He's the same guy that did all the. He basically does all the kind of custom enclosures for most of the boutique pedal companies in America. Right. Um, because that's the biggest expense for a lot of people is screen printing and and painting all these boxes. So. He does all of that for for loads of people. He even did the um, pink boxes for the Pelican Pelator. Noise Works Pelator. Yeah. What um, what I want to know is sorry. how did he do the all the detailing stuff like the logo and the like the pedal name and stuff like that? I guess he must just have that stuff on file and yeah. then he just recreates yeah, that as a transfer. Can, I mean, I've seen the guys at work doing some pretty nifty stuff with uh, Illustrator copying fonts and stuff like that so yeah. I think you can probably just do it that way and then I think the unit itself is obviously dismantled and then completely powder coated because it's all done inside and out it's not like a spray can right it's like properly done dismantled and then he put a nice uh, white LED in it as well oh looks, I bet that looks awesome yeah and then it was good because I now got to AB it with my old uh, made in Japan DD3 as well what sounded better um, I actually preferred the more modern one. Mm. They were actually, mm. if I could, weird. Have, if I had space, Matt. You mean the one um, that people can buy in shops right now, Matt? The one yeah. that. So what you're saying is, <laughs> what you're saying is, uh, you, a person who's really into buying old Japanese boss pedals that generally go for a lot of money because they're really sought after, people should stop trying to buy those. Probably buy the ones they can get from their local dealer. Yep, and also well, with also, a two-year included warranty. As, as an aside, the the price of the uh, the price of the the old desirable ones then goes down because fewer people are buying them, and you're able to buy them at a more reasonable price. Yeah, two uh, side effects. Matt, of this you are talking from Matt. a position of this is this is insider trading. I have to say, we should suspend your eBay um, account. You can it's actually like buy the big old, short. Yeah, this is the big you short. You can actually buy a Japanese DD3 for probably less than you can buy a new DD3 for. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> they do. Have um, but no, it was it was really interesting because there was slightly more of a high frequency roll off on the vintage one than there was compared to the modern one, and I suppose that's just because the quality of the chip or the the processing power in the chips has obviously massively improved in the last 30 years since it's been a been a pedal but it was quite if i had another space i would have put all three on there because i've also got a dm2 and i was like dm2's already got enough of well it's an analog pedal so it's already got all the high-end roll-off so i wanted something a bit brighter um surely you're but, not not going to put the pink one on the board though are you? isn't it just like a commemorative thing aren't you going to put it in a little glass case somewhere but it'll match no. his guitar oh, yeah no 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 i'm no. going for the all pink pedal board matt you right. should get a, a pink powder coated es8 you should do that oh that that would be good that would be amazing matt, I, just, I could put just box pink everything up. buttons on it 
Matt, what you should actually do is you should box up your uh, RE Tour one, send it over to uh, Mammoth and get them to re-enclosure it for you. Yes, Pink can, Tolex. Well, can you get Pink Barefoot Bun? Yes, you can. Ooh. Yeah. Indeed. And you can get them labelled as well, which is quite cool for something like an ES8 because you could have them labelled with each individual pedal in each loop. You which could. Which would be quite cool. You could. Very, very cool indeed. Uh, um, but I have thought about getting the Space Echo Retolex, but uh, I yeah, don't know. You just don't want to trash the value of it. That's the thing. Yeah, but I'm not. I don't. I'm never gonna. I'm not gonna make the same mistake again. <laughs> yeah, don't ever <laughs> sell it again. Especially when they're about twelve hundred quid. Yeah, yeah. They're going for about twelve hundred quid now. It's just like, I'm not, so, not even I'm, worth. Considering. I'm so gutted. I never got. You've got the most expensive one now. No, it's not the most expensive one. It is. It, I mean, compared it, to what it cost you. Well, yeah, for sure. But it. I mean, it might end up as the most desirable because I think it's the rarest. Yeah, it's because it's not the best one. That's why. It's all well, right. Well, yeah. it's all right. It's all right. Well. Jay Cross, have you managed to plug a guitar in this week? I know you're in the middle of moving and doing stuff. Uh, I have played. I haven't. I haven't plugged anything in actually. I have been. Uh, I've been playing a bit of guitar acoustically. Okay. Uh, not acoustic guitar, obviously. Um, and I am. Did we talk about? We talked about the fact that I recorded the other week, didn't we? Uh, yeah, we I, talked. You plugged in loads of pedals, and I didn't in the use end, they just didn't sound very good. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, what I've actually been doing is listening to those mixes and trying to figure out what needs to change and uh, what needs to go take, up and down. Take your vocals off. Vocals need to go down a lot. Off. Uh, kick drum needs to go down. No, more of that. No, no, no. There's too much kick drum in there. More drums, more bass. Turn everything no, no, else down. No, no. I, I mean, I strongly believe that the two loudest things on a recording should be drums and vocals. Yeah. Nothing else really matters. Sorry, Joe. Um, when it comes to when it comes to an actual recording, those are the cool bits. I mean, he, he doesn't even have any vocals on well, his record. Well, that's so. why I'm apologising. Right. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, just yeah, get ready to move. And I'm going on holiday tomorrow, which is exciting. Going so, to Valencia. That's right, yeah. Um, you literally won't have time to look. I was going to say, you're going to try and find any guitar shops or like cool Spanish guitar things. Don't know what we're going to do. We only decided to do it last week. So, uh, yeah, going to do that. I've been uh, trying to, but mainly I'm moving house and it's an utter, utter nightmare. Yeah, not much time for guitar playing. No. This weekend was spent uh, on the phone trying to sort out internet being ready yeah. for the time that I move in so not particularly exciting I'm afraid Joey B um, I'm si. sure I'm sure you can make up for Jay's si, lack of senor. guitar playing because you're always busy playing guitars and stuff bueno what have you been up to did you record some music <clears throat> yes I did I, I thought so that's did... why I asked oh yeah yeah no we, uh, I went and did a, a live video at Small Pond Studios in Brighton was that today no no that was uh, that was on the weekend that was on Sunday, Sunday. I think it was Sunday. Yesterday. Yeah, we did like an we, yes. Yeah, that sounds right. Today. Yeah, yesterday. It was good. We did like all day recording like a live video, but it was cool. We had had a really good time. What does that involve? Um. Well, for us, because we were in the one room, we had um. So we had. What I mean is, it is it truly live, or yes. are you recording the? Are you doing like live to tape sort of thing on the yeah. music and then like miming over the top? Uh, so there are. Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. No, it's filmed and recorded at once. Okay. We, we had four takes and we picked the best one. Ah, okay. Um, there were only. We only had three cameras on the go. So we did actually, yes, cheat a little bit afterwards. We did a couple of mime takes. Right. Just for extra camera. To fill in a couple of bits. Yeah. 
that was it uh but like there was no there's no overlays or extra stuff the actual musicality was all done yeah did you do any of that Come stuff on. where you like stick a stick a gopro on on the bay on your no. headstock and no, boogie we've around. done that we've done that but Have no we people didn't. passed yeah. that that's yeah, so 2016 yeah exactly well i think we did it in like 2013 so. right, okay <laughs> <laughs> ha ha um uh yeah it was really good uh so we did um we we had to booth up tim's double amp so his uh his booth? orange oh like put it in a booth yeah his orange rocker 30 and um and his hovercraft um although actually for recordings uh we we keep ending up using a a Cornford Roadhouse 30. Oh, yeah. Surprisingly really good. They are. The precursor to the Victory stuff. Is that right, Matt? Yeah. Yeah, same same designer, Martin, Martin Kidd. Yes. Is it? it? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah oh, they're right. really good and not much money either. Where's that from then? Where are you recording all the time? Uh, well, this Brian was... Electric. Yeah, Brian Electric, but this was actually at Small Pond, but right. we, we brought the, um, Do the you Cornford own it? along. No, 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 it... it it's one of the recording amps at Brighton Electric. Ah, okay. So last time when we recorded, like a year ago or more, when we recorded at Brighton Electric, we took in, we we had sort of marked off for our sessions. We, we brought Tim's Hovercraft, Dwarvenaut 20, his Orange Rocker 30. We had a high watt, 50 watt combo, 212 combo, a Vox Night Train, the 50 watt version. <laughs> yes. um, and... I think we bought a Marshall Jubilee in a Silver Jubilee in, right? Um, which was pointless because it just it was the worst amp by a metric mile. Um, and was it the one that's been in Brighton Electric for like nearly twenty years? Uh, I don't know. Is it was it from Brighton Electric? Yes, it was yeah, Brighton Electric one. It's been there a very long time. Yeah, it wasn't very good. And um, used to be owned by the manager of Gak. That amp. Oh, there you go. Yeah. How about that? And um, uh, and the the Roadhouse 30 and we ended up recording like the bulk of the main guitars on on the Roadhouse which was very surprising because it was certainly like the least uh, sort of brand associated with the sort of thing we're doing and the least oh, it's a classic th- math rock amp the uh, <laughs> yeah. the Cornford <laughs> yeah exactly so, it, was, yes. it wasn't a tool what you expect to use but yeah it, we loved it so much and actually whilst Tim's Orange Rocker 30 sounds great live every time we record with it we you, you like listen back we've done like a few live sessions with it it's just like it's so thin yeah so it's sort of it doesn't seem to matter in the room when you've got all those bass frequencies but when it's when they're close mic'd they're just really really thin so we've started making sure we have the the cornford for recording but yeah that was very good i remember those cornford amps um being uh seriously affected when they were new being seriously affected by um like need him running like they had the most um like the speakers were so held back straight out of the box i don't know whether it's like where they were stored or like the manufacturing process on those particular speakers but they sounded terrible when you got the amp out of the box like awful almost like practice amp style they they have a real bad rep to be honest yeah 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 i I was it was kind of I just wanted to give it a go, like yeah. when we actually got it into the studio. And when you like when the speakers have had like a good few hours of kind of movement in them, um, they sound so good. Um, but the problem was when I was selling them at the shop, people would be like, "Oh yeah, can I just get a new boxed one?" And you'd be like, "No, you want one that's had no, no, I want the new boxed one." And then they get it home, and be like, "This sounds awful." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We said you should have got the one that was had been played for a bit. Yeah. So, what what speakers were they using? I can't remember. You, it's been a while since I looked at one, Joe. You probably remember. Uh, well, this is just the head. Oh, we is it using. right? Okay, so, yeah, yeah it's just the head. So I don't. know I wonder what if it's like a, a a particularly 
we I, cause presumably it's a celestian it could be anything it could be how they were stored i guess you know if they were stored like in a particularly cold I mean, if space it's, i guess if, it's, if it was all of them that was you know if they were all happening and it was just you know maybe it was a particularly possibly i can't knows? remember what they put in there Matt, you're, you're the one thing. in front of a computer you might be able to find out but with the cornfords i i'm pretty sure they were just standard celestians right i'm i'm certain they were just, just standard like g12s celestians or something yeah yeah. 30s because the um all the victory stuff have their own their own cabs and it's one of the few times i've gone actually these are the best sounding cabs because they're they're solid pine which most right. aren't um and they use celestian speakers in those and the design is very similar speaker wise i think to the old victory cabs because those victory cabs are great yeah yeah, um, yeah and cute. i remember the old cornford ones being really good because i think the the ultimate cornford was the mk50 wasn't it that was the kind yeah, of yeah the flagship one and I'm pretty sure that was just two vintage 30s. It was the the hurricanes, I think, that were most affected, from what I can remember, which was like yeah, the because little... I think the hurricanes were much later in the Cornford life, and I think those ones were PCB. Right? Were they the Chinese ones? I know. No, I'm sure that there were there was still a British made thing. I just remember them suffering a lot from this problem with the speakers that they sounded very yeah. bad out of the box, and then after about yeah two three hours they sounded absolutely incredible but yeah difficult to um to explain that to someone in the shop and they've just got one out of the box so yeah. so um i've just i've just realized go on i did plug in a guitar oh you this went week yes of course okay so you I, went on a little shopping excursion i did i did i went i went into gack um to uh because i earlier in the week um uh, the manager of the shop, Alex, who's a friend of ours, uh, put up on his Facebook a picture of the new Hampstead amps that Gak has just taken on. Yeah. And uh, I plugged in the Artist 20 RT okay. into the 1x12 uh, vertical cab that they had in there. And I used one of the uh, Fender Duosonics, which I've been thinking about. This is the Mexican one? The Mexican Fender Duosonics yep. that came out this year. Uh back end of last year ding ding and uh, <laughs> um it sounded absolutely unbelievable those ha- that hampstead have you had a chance to play to- yeah yeah that hampstead uh, that hampstead sounded like utterly utterly wonderful they are ridiculously brilliant yeah. they are and a lot of money really good value for money yeah, yeah i thought it was quite <laughs> good value for money <laughs> 1699 for something built in the uk oh with no no yeah, yeah. absolutely i'm not suggesting they're not value for money i'm saying 1699 is, is still a lot of money when you know you can buy a perfectly gigable amp head for 600 quid hell get a dv mark you know, one of those multi-amp. Uh, no, no, not the multi-amp. The little, uh, the little fifty-watt back pocket jobbies that they've yeah, yeah. done solid-state things. They're they're less than two hundred and fifty quid. But yeah. but yes, these these hamsters obviously are a completely different beast. It, it, You're right that they are value for money. But yeah, they are it, it sounded it sounded absolutely amazing. And like the range is really is like really simple. So they do the artist twenty, and they do the artist twenty RT, RT, which is with reverb, reverb and tremolo. And tremolo. Yeah. Um, the tremolo sounded good. The reverb sounded very good um and yeah they do that in a in a 20 watt head or a combo yeah and uh yeah my word absolutely incredible like really really one I think of the best sounds i've uh, heard in a in such a long time there's a, a snakeskin one in there as well at the oh, my word. i know really. that sort of ruins it for me they so they so suit the sort of 
creamy 3D yeah. look. That's, that's you can't have a snakeskin amp. That's ridiculous. We're not a snakeskin hamstead. It's like it's such a sort of classic set, but like um, classic's the wrong word. Kind of uh, understated, uh, subtle. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a, like a, a rich, fine, well developed, mature sounding amplifier, and then to sort of you know made something that matches Put it Brent in Michaels' sort of, boots yeah or Slash's leather hat you yeah, know it's, it's not it's good just, yeah it's not good weird <laughs> um, weird combo I also went into GAC this week yeah um, we must have missed each other by like 10 minutes this was on both of our way to get a kebab yeah and good. Saturday afternoon yeah. before the football I'm really glad that I've started paying you guys to get to in say, this uh, GAC say, promo well you know we used to say the shop that we work in or whatever but let's just say where, where it is um my mine is going to be less convincing, unfortunately. I tried those new three three five Eastman. Eastman, Eastman, yeah. I was not impressed. Really? I'm really not. sorry. No, I, it's fine. I think for the right player, they're probably fine. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like them at but, all. But the build quality, Did you see? it was pretty good. Did you not think it was, it was pretty good? It was phenomenal. They're quite a lot of money. They are well. They're over a thousand pounds. But a, a Gibson three three five starts at two and a half thousand pounds. Made in America. Yeah, these are made in a custom shop of sorts. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> why, why does the nation that something's made in have so much impact? It's oh, not. I'll tell you what, that is is my next Branton Ranton. Branton Ranton. Well, no, not so much that, but it had, like, from playing a lot of guitars, uh-huh. I know what American guitars feel like, I know what a Korean guitar feels like, and I know what a Chinese guitar feels like, and there are some in it's a tangible thing but right. I couldn't tell you why okay. this is so there is I know what the finish of a Chinese guitar is like and I know what the finish of a Korean guitar is like and it's only through the experience of playing so many of all of them um, they felt very much like a Chinese guitar they are Chinese aren't they um, they are but they begin with B where's the place in China Beijing Beijing thank okay, you it's good. a Beijing custom shop that's what they're going for they're saying like right. they're Beijing it's, it's not because they're trying to get away from people lumping because it is an ex- it is a different build quality these aren't these aren't squires no. Like these are no, 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 not at all, not at all. They're and very I, well built, and they're built they're, by a small I, team of expert luthiers. I, they just I also saw them to be Chinese. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I also saw them, and you know, partly this is down to the. Um, the choice of guitar that was put front and center but um i was immediately turned off by and i realized this is completely down to my own personal preference but when if ever i see a guitar and it's like oh they've stuck a bigsby on it because they think it makes it look classy mm-hmm. and it's like you didn't have to do that didn't some have people put, like bigsby didn't though, have to Jay. put a bigsby on it didn't have to do it people could, like could have been cheaper but like it, I, I one of the things that the 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 the, the cross rant on <laughs> Doesn't it's work. The cr- the cross cross is cross. The cross is cross. Cross talk. Um, it, it's like cross cross words. It just nice. I like just it, yeah. putting a Bigsby on something doesn't immediately make it classy. You can't say that about every guitar that has a Bigsby. I understand it when you say that about three hundred pound Gretsch, but when you say it about twelve hundred pound like custom built guitar, it's like no, yeah, that's they're totally but within their it, right to put a Bigsby. It on didn't that. need it on there. Oh, just because you like hardtails though. Yeah. Oh, fair. I, 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 <laughs> this is it's something that we'll talk about in uh, this week's Patreon actually. Because we had a really good question about the kind of crossover t- between Epiphone and Gibson guitars. Like, mm. you know, some of the Gibson stuff is 
or some of the Epiphone stuff now crosses over with the price point where you could get an American-made Gibson. And we'll talk about that in yeah. the Patreon episode. We're actually going to talk a little bit about this in the news as well, in a news article that, uh, that you didn't put in, I think. We okay, yeah, first. we can talk about that. But yeah, the, uh, for me, they start getting up to the price point where yeah. a bit more will get fair you an American-made guitar. Yeah, they are they are a £1,000, but the guitar that they are directly competing yeah, with for sure, is, is over two and a half price. times. Yeah, exactly. sure, right, sure. For, for, for what it's worth, um, we sold two in wow. the first day that they were that we promoted wow. them which was like people seem to be sort of into them and and yeah i completely appreciate that's that's cool that you didn't like the band i really liked them when they brought everything into our like offices and showed us sort of the selection of bits and bobs just because um it 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 did all seem like a step up like for anyone who wants a guitar like that and there, there is a black hole that is a great place to put yeah no to, to you're quite it, right i don't want to buy right. an epiphone dot like i don't want an epiphone but i don't want to spend two and a half grand and i love big like three three five <laughs> <laughs> you love big bodies i love big butts and big butts i cannot lie, cannot lie. <laughs> um i love big bodied sort of jazz box guitars but there's nowhere there's nothing for you to get and this I, eastman has filled an an excellent price point <laughs> It really uh, is. It really is a a, a, a troublesome um, a troublesome area. A troublesome area. <laughs> uh, insofar as you know, people would come in and they and they would say, "Look, I really like the look of a. Uh, I really like the look of." Um, Matt's thinking about big butts. He's gone. <laughs> I do really like three three fives, but right. I don't want to spend two, and two and grand, thousand. two and a half grand. You know what? What can I get that isn't? But I don't want to get an Epiphone and yeah. like. In in terms of the selection of stuff that we were doing at GAC, you know, being a relatively mainstream store, it's like, well, there's some Yamaha bits, and like, oh, I don't want a Yamaha. Yeah, okay, some well, Ibanez there's, there's some Ibanez bits. I'm not buying an Ibanez. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, you could get a Gretsch. It's like, well, that's not really the same thing. Yeah. And um, and that's kind of your options, you know. Yeah, so it is it is a it is an area that has been uh somewhat um somewhat ignored by the by the major brands and I, w- I wonder how much of that is to do with um you know what we were talking about last week with regards to um the companies uh like jhs getting getting sued yeah yeah well this is this is, it. This is for the for the they infringement are slightly of the different in their body shape and i think probably different sure. enough that they'll be okay i mean that the gibson have the more i think about that court case I, like gibson specifically went out after jhs because vintage were not trying to bring anything new to the market all they were trying to do is take a piece <sighs> again, of well, the phone pie again we should say that you know we're not lawyers and we oh, haven't yeah, looked fine. into this you know deeply enough and we certainly don't know because as far as I'm aware, lot of the, uh, not much of the detail actually came out when we spoke to a listener who uh, heard us. I think last week, Laurie, Laurie Anstis, um, who, who, yeah, yeah, we, we sort mentioned. of asked about it. Yeah. Um, he said that because it was settled, like most of the details aren't out there, oh, so we don't gonna come out. We yeah. don't yeah. actually know. Like, uh, fair what, enough. Yeah, what, I probably. Well, I wonder if that means we can uh, speculate because we literally don't know anything. Yeah, but maybe well, not. It's but, probably not. But yeah, what, yeah okay. The, fair the difficulty is going to be, you know, what constitutes a three three five? What constitutes yeah, a flying yeah, V? Completely. You know, can yeah. a, can Washburn release, uh, you know, a pointy flying V yeah. style guitar? Who knows? Well, so one one thing about Eastman actually, sort of on on that topic, is that when we uh, when we took them on at GAC, we were predominantly taking them on for their acoustics, right? And their electrics were just sort of something that was 
that we that we decided to take a few of to see how they did but we were much more tentative about like how they were actually going to perform because of Epiphone and Gibson and the acoustics were the one that, that we were like oh, they're, they're a strong brand for that but it's been kind of completely the reverse like they right. seem to be doing really well on the electric front because they're filling that gap but actually on acoustics whilst they're really good they are at a price point that competes with well cheap entry tailors. level tailors yeah. and now entry level martins as well yeah. so it is and I, I think also you know it, i think acoustic guitars are are more similar in terms of like um what someone will purchase acoustic guitars are far more uh akin to um basses in that if you're a bass player if you're a regular bass player you know i'm not including you in this uh-huh. uh, because He's you're definitely not a regular bass player because you're you know not a regular human you're not a regular geezer no right. but um most people if they own a bass they own a bass and they own a electric guitar and then they own a hundred electric guitars sorry they're one acoustic did i say electric? acoustic yeah, yeah. You meant acoustic. Uh, one bass one acoustic and then loads of electric guitars and if they're going to buy if someone's going to buy a second guitar they're more likely to buy another electric guitar. So acoustics, I've I've always been, I've I don't want more than one acoustic guitar. Mm. You know, it, I don't it's, want an acoustic. guitar. I was guitar. just well. about to buy a second one. <laughs> Why? Because there's some sort of eight-string fretless bass version out. Ah, uh, yeah, you saw. What are you buying a table? An eight-string fretless acoustic, acoustic bass. bass. Yeah, Sweet. Yeah. No, 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 no. I just, I just your summer busking. What gigs. a nicer one. Yeah. Anyway, with um, talking about uh, Cherry Red 335s oh. and Gibson hollow bodies and stuff, should we dive into the new apocalypse? So, the <laughs> first thing that we should probably address this week is oh, sad um, news. Chuck Berry mm. uh, passes away, age 90. Um, a troubling character in some respects, but we'll not focus on that. We'll talk about his musical legacy. Um, of course, of course. Just, you know... Classic we, liberal. We've got to say that. We've got to say, it's just, you know, some people not, to, you know, not celebrating uh, the, the death of, uh, uh, you know, uh, notable pervert Chuck Berry. But yes. we're not going to focus on that. We'll focus on the, the music. I watched so much Chuck Berry stuff over the weekend. Um, I don't know about you guys. Chuck Berry's recordings? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched, <laughs> I watched a lot of Chuck Berry recordings over the weekend. Right. Um, of him playing. Yes, and, sorry, yes. And, um, That's what I meant. Yeah, of course. Um, unbelievable how good he was and how different his style was, uh, you know, from anything else around at the time. There's some really good stuff on YouTube of clearly he's you know he's playing with trad bands and i think we've talked about it before on the podcast where even on recordings like johnny be good you can hear that he's trying to push for a straight 4-4 like what we know as the rock and roll beat you know like backbeat basically like just a straight rocking 4-4 and the drummer is just swinging and you can hear it on even tracks like Johnny Be Good, which you think like okay that's like a real rocking like, tune yeah, yeah, like but the drummer the drummer is almost like stuck playing the old style you know big band jazz swung um, and Ch- you can hear in Chuck Berry's playing he's trying to force him to play a style of music that hasn't been invented yet in that on that song and you can kind of see that when you watch the YouTube videos as well in that he's out there doing all this like stuff like guitar you know histrionics and like m- messing around and stuff and he's playing with these like just you know four kind of like straight ahead guys like buzz cut haircuts like playing an upright bass and stuff like that um and yeah he's there just showing off basically something that no one was doing um 
there's a I remember watching the Bob Dylan documentary where he's talking about like music went from like how much is that doggy in the window being like number one for weeks and weeks and weeks and that was like that's music that's what people listen to and then suddenly like rock and roll happens and you can kind of see it in those early Chuck Berry videos that he's kind of invented this new thing and you can hear that on the records and um, Matt any clues yes. as to uh, the Chuck Berry guitar sound yeah I was I was kind of trying to do a bit of reading into it today and it's really difficult because I think he's just one of those guys that kind of played a few hollow body Gibsons I can't really find out about what amp he used I mean one of the famous pictures of him he's playing an ES350 TN yeah jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Um, from 1956, and that's the kind of Gretchy-looking hollow body with the sort of intricate tailpiece and then the two P90s with the custom inlay so the dual um sort of trapeze inlays yeah and i think that and a 335 but i couldn't pin down exactly what one yeah because what year was johnny what year was johnny be good um mid 50s i guess because i was trying to work out what model was actually available at that i think it's 56 for some reason that would make sense thinking of the Back to the uh, Future 50, timeline. Uh, 58. 58, okay, right. Okay. 58. Um, so he could have played a 335 at that point because that was the first year, yeah. I think. The, the straight ahead 335, obviously there have been hollow bodies before that, but I think this, the 335 dot as we know it now was 58, I think. I think but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been difficult. It because. that. No, not a th- not a three three five. Oh, there was okay. other three three ones, but I think three three five with the dot. I think with with the dot inlays was fifty eight because you always right. get a fifty eight, a fifty nine, a sixty, and a sixty one. Um, but you don't get anything earlier right. than that. But then I can't really find out about the amp. Someone's like, I've just I was just looking on a few forums, and someone's like, yeah, he definitely used a sixty five reissue Fender Twin. I'm like, hmm, I kind of think he probably didn't use. 
a 65 reissue Fender Twin. <laughs> yeah, an 1865 reissue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, a classic. Steam powered. I, I generally don't know because I think it was just amp cranked. I mean, there was no guitar at that point. It was just straight ahead guitar into amplifier and away you go. I think and I, it's, it's funny to think that what spurred him on to like turn it up to the point where it really, to most people, would have sounded bad. Yeah, like most people would have gone. Oh, this isn't the intended sound of this amplifier. There was um, there was a really good obituary of him on Radio Four at the weekend, and um, though I forget who it was, oh, I think it was Eric Burden from the Animals um, was saying that uh, basically, like he kind of cultivated this image of like being a loner almost because he would turn up at gigs just with himself and a guitar in a case, like wouldn't bring an amp, wouldn't bring the band. And he'd like call ahead a few hours before to the promoter, like, "Can you just get me a band?" And then they'll know my songs. And if they don't know my songs, it's not worth them playing with me. Like, I don't really want them on the stage. So, get me a band that knows my songs, and uh, yeah, and just get me some equipment and stuff. Like that was the Chuck Berry thing. He just kind of turn up at bars and, and play like that. And there's that that famous quote, and I can't remember who it's from, um, that says like, I think it Chuck Berry himself said. Uh, something like when I stamp my foot the whole world stops because that is his way of signalling to the band like okay there's the break you know like it, a lot of his songs have got like stabs and then there's like the break and he does a little double stop and then comes back in again and that's because he would tell the band like yeah when I stamp my foot the whole world stops it's like stop playing at that point and that's how he would direct the band that's why you always see him do like really over exaggerated foot stomps when he's playing um, but yeah Chuck Berry, what can you say? Go and watch yeah. the um, watch the nineteen seventy two in London because that's like him with a band who have had basically like ten to fifteen years of rock and roll Putting music. Well, no, 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 not not at all. He flew into the BBC and said, "Get me a band." And it's, oh right, it's like, even then, it's like another band. Yeah, even then, yeah, totally. It's another band. I can't remember what they're called, um, but I think they're like a like an early prog band or something. Or like you know a, hot, a classic rock band. Or I say classic. Rock. They're like a rock band. Um, what like King Crimson or something? No, like that. no, no, not like they're, they're like a young band. I can't right, remember exactly okay. who it is, but um, and he's just in charge of them, and he's in charge of the audience. Like they do a version of My Dingaling, which is actually later went on to become the single version because the audience reaction is so good. Like the live version became the single version, and. Um, everyone's just eating out of the palm of his hand like the whole band like they're all like watching what he's doing and then he'll be like yeah take a solo and then the piano player like does a little solo and then he's like back to him and stuff it's the best command of a band or an audience that there is on on film it's absolutely awesome um yeah so check that out like even if you're not a chuck berry fan or you you know not into that style of music like i guess some people listen to this podcast will be you know more into the kind of metal side of things if you're you know a big guitar fan you like that kind of shreddy guitar um, this isn't that but if you want to learn like how to control an audience and play play around with like standards and stuff like that that's kind of the thing that always gets me is you know all his songs are basically 12 bar blues they're yeah. all standard but the amount of kind of leverage and the amount of kind of material you can get out of that through firstly good storytelling with the songwriting and secondly when doing it live just like messing around with the audience and messing around with the band um, it's something that you don't really have now because that music is kind of seen as old music. Bands don't really go, oh, should we just do like a 12-bar blues? You know, you go and see bands and they've got their songs, 
but their songs are like written songs with verse chorus and endings and bits and pieces people don't really play standards anymore which means you like no you unless you know the song yeah to play you can't play along whereas you know with this you just get a band and go yeah it's sort of basically a 12 bar blues and when I stomp my foot you stop yeah, then play when this I, in A or whatever yeah and then when yeah. I watch you know blues riff and B watch me for the changes try yeah. and keep up you know um, and that's something that I think we've lost a little bit and watching quite a lot of that over the weekend it's kind of cool to see that people who don't know each other never met before getting together and going yeah we're just going to put on one of the best gigs ever because it's basically you know EAB back to E again um, yeah awesome stuff that's cool Chuck Ooh. Berry should we do Chuck some Berry. should we do some less uh, less sad news less sad news less sad can we do the the bit of news I can't remember if we mentioned this last time uh, Epiphone's new release did we talk about the new Joe Bonamassas we um, talked about no, the I saw one at the weekend though oh the my god yeah oh we my talked god. about them like yeah, they, they were announced three months ages ago, ago. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, oh, you yeah, probably, yeah you probably you probably closed your eyes because it was Joe Bonamassa no no these are the best things they're really good single pickup Single pickup fibers. Well, well it, it, okay. If we talked about it ages ago, we should talk about it again because they're now sort of in the country right. at guitar shops for people to go and check out. But yeah, yeah. two colors. Oh. I don't know what happened to my voice then. <laughs> two colors. <laughs> uh, two colors. Sunburst and the other one's Polymist Gold. Yeah, yeah. I saw the Sunburst yeah. one. I might weekend. buy the gold one. The Sunburst one looked very good. I didn't see the gold one. Both of them look great, but I might buy the gold one. Mm. It looks. It looks amazing. They're six hundred pounds for a single pickup. Yeah. Firebird and the cool thing about um, the Firebird from Epiphone is you don't have to sacrifice the headstock which is always why completely, completely. the Epiphone yeah. Les Pauls annoyed me yeah um, you, you're still basically getting a super cool this is kind of where that sort of Gibson versus Epiphone yeah. thing comes in where it sort of crosses over but this what, is one thing so I will unique. say though Joe is I am almost 100% sure that when we talked about this originally you said almost the same thing but with a slightly different inflection in that you said hang on this is 600 pounds really? for a single pickup Epiphone. That's the difference, seeing it in the flesh. Completely. These um, are totally cool. To have something this like unique and sort of non-standard being released under Epiphone. Can you remember if they're bolt-on or are they through next? I didn't they're actually... Through. I couldn't get one off the wall. I just saw one from no, the front yeah. and it looked really, really good. Yeah, they're through. They're are they? proper. Yeah, see, that's always my issue with like cheap... Firebirds and flying V's and stuff. If they're well, bolt it's not on, like it's, it's, it's not a three hundred pound guitar. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. six hundred quid. Yeah, yeah. But it's, I mean, you know, try what a wickedly unique and super cool guitar. Now yeah. try and get that from Gibson and think about the sort of monetary sort of money investment well, you'd have to make. And, and it's never going to be anyone's first guitar, like a single pickup Firebird. It's just like something that's super cool that you want. So yeah. making it. Affordable. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a nice second, third guitar to have. Yeah, yeah. Ironically, though, the thing about the Firebirds when Gibson did bring them back was they weren't that expensive. No. Compared to everything else in the range, they were like 1699 or well, something. They, they still have a few models in the range, so you can still get one for 800 quid for sort of a proper Gibson. Can you? Yeah, yeah, which isn't that far from Well, they did the and then they Firebird do like, Zero, didn't they? Oh, uh, that, Firebird. Oh, yeah, yeah, Zero. Oh, let's zero. not talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, that off. is a bad bad looking guitar I think it looks great I think it looks look great at, but look at some proper pictures of yeah, like the yeah. neck the back of the neck and really? the headstock in yeah, particular yeah, yeah. see I just bad. think that was a shame because that, that ended up being Amazon exclusive didn't it yeah and that's like that's just, that's such a drag well I um, mean I've I'm, seen some pictures of the finish and stuff up yeah. close and it is not good yeah. wow it's not good but yeah they do quite a few okay. uh, firebeds at the moment oh, there's wow. like a sort of there's a 12-ish 100 
pound one. Isn't that like a studio? Like yes, a warm, that's right. Black scratch. Yeah, yeah. yeah warm, but, but still totally cool. But anyway, why get any of those right I'm now? Just get you the Bonamassa. Well, but why wouldn't you? What an absolutely super cool guitar. This is the coolest thing Epiphone have done in a long time. Yeah. And actually, for what it's worth, Bonamassa's guitars are pretty consistently good when they come out. Do you remember the green Les Paul? Yeah. What yeah, was I it? Did, was it Inverness like green? What about the signature mm. rug? I don't remember that. <laughs> Not quite as cool. No. But Not the green Les Paul was cool. The blue Les Paul with the Firebird headstock. That was cool. That was cool. That was nice. I didn't care so much about those tomato soup burst Les Pauls, but then they were four grand. These are a lot of signature Well, they models. did, a, they did a, an American standard and... No. I didn't think they did a custom shop one, but they only did an Amer- American... And there were two eight nine nine and four. Oh, hello. Sure. Yeah, I'll take two, take Matt's word for it. Two, yeah. Two, yeah. You broke up <laughs> broke up a bit there, Matty. I'll take your word for it. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> um, shall we move on to some um, some proper news that's actually More written down news. on the list? Oh yeah. Can we do the? Yes. Yeah. You, okay. So Joe, you were looking at this. Well, no, no. I mean, you know, we can all talk about this. You don't have to keep it on me. But this is totally cool. Yes, the so Sewer have announced the Select series. Um, Matt, you're a Sewer fan. Do you want to just give us a, a quick rundown? Yeah, so basically um, these are a continually limited run of individual guitars that are designed by John Sewer based on guitars that he would build for himself if he was going to sit in the factory and build a guitar that he would like. What a great concept. Yeah, Yeah. I think brilliant. So the two, um, the production manager and the master builder (coughs) at the factory pick all the woods and then they help realise basically his kind of design ideas. But the main one that they put on the press release is a guitar after my own heart in purple pink and light pink burst yes nice. i knew i knew that you would uh that you would bring this one up the uh the one with the floyd yeah yeah i'd play it even with the floyd that guitar is amazing yeah. i just i we're just having a quick, quick look on the website there is a sort of jazz master two humbucker yeah, that's just that's in what i was gonna say pink. that's so unsure no there's a new sewer model which we haven't actually talked about called the jm pro right which is their new body shape which is basically a offset with two humbuckers oh wow okay and and a normal size and a normal um kind of two-point trim uh well they actually do a a through strong model as well rather than that that through strong looks is is this the um this is the select range that we're looking at yeah this is the select range so So, what's really interesting well it's on no, sorry. This sorry. The uh, that was a question out of the the thousands of people that listen to this podcast. That was actually Joe I was talking to. So yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, the reason that I asked that is that what's quite interesting here is on the website it actually tells you specifically where each of these guitars have gone. Yeah, they say so, what yeah. shops you so can that, go and view them at. Which so if is you great. if you want to buy that guitar, you've got to go to Peach. Yeah. Oh, that's um, cool. Which yeah, I think that's really nice. And also, presumably, uh, apart from anything, this is an, a a bit of a uh, like a cool thing for the shops that have supported Sur. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, to well, get like these super limited models. You know, for a long time, um, you've been able to do custom order Sur's, but I don't think many people have necessarily taken up the kind of option. So they've actually had like a fully running job since pretty much day one. But I think now they're kind of doing more 
individual pieces and then going yeah this one's going to this particular dealer that one's going to that particular dealer or doing like making a small run of them and then basically just saying who who wants to get there first but it's on a much more limited scale than say fender yeah yeah for example it's, it's quite funny because they've got the you know the the shop reference you can really see the, like the difference in taste between like guitar guitar and peach for example like peach have gone for a couple of the um the new jazz master shape and kind of the more traddy options whereas guitar guitar have got like a load of the sort of bold or yeah uh, that's really funny bling. yeah like like really super bling modern like that sort of because guitar guitar are all bought into like mayonnaise and all all yeah, those sort yeah. of super Blingy modern bling. brands. Yeah, you can really see sort of the difference in their purchases. Whereas, whereas Peach is quite uh, quite trad. trad. Quite tra- yeah. yeah. John's always been into uh, like very weird Fender and Gibson type stuff. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, and he and, goes for the for the pink Jazzmaster. Yeah, 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 completely yeah. perfect. Cool. Talking about um, custom shop stuff and weird Fenders. Um, Fender have just announced for the 30th anniversary of the custom shop the Founders Design Guitars. Um, Matt, have you got any details on these? Yes, I actually saw these at at NAMM and they were sort of released then, but I don't think we really said much about it. They are um, seven seven guitars? Yes, yeah, seven, seven guitars that are basically designed by the original master builders for oh sorry eight guitars designed by the eight original master builders of the fender custom shop so the first eight people that were there when they decided to found it in 93 yeah um and then each one has kind of come back to fender to design a guitar that they're then only building 30 of each model they're going out um so a couple of highlights hmm that's not 30 the- years then that's not a 30th anniversary uh yeah, not, 20, it must be 24 years. No, yeah, it's, it's 80s. It it's then. definitely 80s. Yes, 87. Was it 80s? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, just because a couple of the builders started well, well in 93, spotted, but they're saying... Well spotted. I say you can always agree. Yeah. I, um, I haven't actually watched... There's a mini documentary they made that's actually made up of archive footage from the day they actually started the custom shop or the day oh, that they cool. announced it. Um, so I don't know whether there was a couple of guys that started earlier and then some people that joined later because i think the one that um stood out for me the reason i said uh 93 was the alan hamill sparkle telecaster how how have you not said the john page double f hole esquire well let's talk about them one at a time so matt the uh the sparkle what's it called the sparkle telecaster sparkle telly well i mean yeah so these are all designed similar to the sur range they're designed by master builders in terms of like the perfect guitar i suppose they would build for themselves if they could sort of build um anything yeah and this guy also designed the twisted telly neck pickup so alan hamill designed that pickup and he also worked on the western boots telecasters which were the oh god telly's that were wrapped in the uh, leather they were leather yes. wrapped yeah, and came I with a pair those. of matching um, matching boots so well, yeah that, that's that would kind explain of... why this one is so absolutely horrendous no it looks good <laughs> the sparkle yeah. um, it's it's difficult because the other one I mean there's obviously some I mean when these people let their minds go a bit crazy there's the well Gene Baker did the what do they call this one they call it the steel caster which is some weird hybrid between a strat and a telly so it's got a telly control plate 
on the top half or almost all of a strap apart from the bottom part which is a telly with a telly bridge pickup yeah so I've, I've seen you those kind of have to look a pic- you have to look at a picture of it because the bottom half or I suppose the if you're looking at it head on the bottom right hand corner is like the rounded bit from a telly but the rest is like well no actually the whole one half of it's a telly that's, isn't it yeah that's it's yeah. like, half it's like a, telly, a, half it's like a, a jag stang that's really weird yeah, totally we clicked bizarre. on another one initially and th- thought that was weird and then no but that one's a, like a jaguar, like a jaguar strat. strat there's isn't that um, yeah? So the Mark Kendrick founder Strat. I think that was one of the original designs for the Strat is to have really? that big metal control plate on it. But yeah, really? I mean, yeah, yeah. The one that stands out to me uh, is the is it John Page? Yes, uh, John Page double F hole Telecast uh, Esquire, Esquire. Sorry, which is yeah, single pickup telly uh, with a what looks like Koa. Uh, top and headstock and maybe ebony board. I mean, it, th- that looks that looks like a saw. You know, <laughs> g- talking about um, yeah, it does. Talking it, right? about like fancy fender. I'm really styles. into that. That's, yeah, that's I like that a lot. Cool. Hollow body tellies and the double f hole. You never see the oh. double f hole telly. I'm really into that in a big way. <laughs> it's so good. They, uh, which uh, these are there's no there's no there's no volume. Yeah, yeah, they're just yeah, there, yeah, volume and tone. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. I just, thought they were balls. just well hidden. Yeah. Talking about um, crazy exotic tops, Joe Branton, do you want to talk about the last bit of news this week? This is the thing yeah, you okay. almost gave away. Oh my god, it was embargoed. I know it was. It was <laughs> actually, so last week I nearly said about a second range of PRSs, and it wasn't until the next day when our PRS purchaser like forwarded some uh, forwarded an, an the, email. Po- the podcast saying what are you thinking? No, no, no. He like forwarded me an email with all the assets for the new range, and like and like the email from PRS at the top said like embargoed until this right. date which was in the future and I was like oh that was very close yes that was good, very, he good never job. mentioned to me I'm still when, running the podcast yeah. and you are not he never mentioned not. to me when he told me about the range that it was embargoed I've been talking about it all week yeah if, internally you can't talk about it into a podcast that goes out to thousands of well, people he should know anyway so this is really exciting. This yeah. is one of the coolest things to come out this year, and I think this range of guitars will be in our gear of the year and, and could well win something. Uh, the PRS SE Exotic Series. So these are SEs with, like, weird tops, like Sported Maple, Ebony Top, Zebra Wood, Swamp Ash... Um, they are absolutely brilliant they're doing them in sort of a range of guitars so you can get them in like the custom 22s you can get like semi hollows with p90s um uh they do like a um the 245 which is the single cut version there's there's they doing any of the interesting ones the myras or the velas um, or the star no because they don't make those in se they don't do those in se but of course That's you still you get a single cut though which is which is pretty cool like uh, the, the 245 ebony, yeah, yeah the ebony yeah. cut 245s look absolutely brilliant. The, oh including the 245 some, is a cool guitar is a very cool guitar yeah. there are also a couple of tremonti signatures as well the tremonti with the ebony top looks absolutely incredible and okay. I'm not a huge fan of him and I'm not a huge fan of that guitar generally but I think the important I just think it needs covered pickups well yeah. okay That's yeah fine for me. fine but I think this is the important thing to note these guitars have exotic wood tops they look like the sort of things that me and Mark were walking around the London Bass Show and to be honest all of us were walking around the, the guitar show, the, the guitar show, and we were looking at guitars that were like two, three grand, and we were like, "Yeah, that's what these exotic wood tops, yeah, yeah, are." And cost, 
but PRS have managed to do this with these ri- like every guitar's unique exotic wood tops 799 every guitar is yeah, 799 I, mean, I, I would uh, well, say the yeah. maybe I mean I, I don't know because I would have to I'm, well I'd have to ask the question and someone at PRS would have to answer are they actual tops or are they veneers or are they laminates yeah because um, that will massively affect sev- the price at 799 they've got to be laminates I, am I would trying have to find thought out. they'd be veneer because veneer uh, it's, lam- it's veneer we, I can't remember which one's thicker Vene- it's veneer, veneer thicker veneer's thicker yeah veneer's thicker than laminate yes um, because there's no way they could be obviously like a solid top for that no. for that price um, but, as, but I think but the thing would, is what, at 799 hmm. at, at, you know at 799 it kind of doesn't matter that no. they're that they're not no, no not at all because it's like you're you know the only difference really between a, in general an 800 quid guitar and a 500 quid guitar is is the aesthetics a lot yeah. of the time you know so it doesn't matter too much and if you're getting something that looks like a five grand custom model yeah damn then straight. whatever some of these are actually 729 as well I, I really think these are this is a lot of value for money um but uh, I'm I'm into the two seven sevens, the the baritones. There's a there's a picture of one I think in the zebra wood, right? That's almost like cherry burst. It looks awesome. Yeah, yeah, all very very nice indeed. Do you know what, Japs? We got through a whole round of news without mentioning a guitar pedal. <laughs> that was all guitar related that, this that week, which is good. very very impressive. And all the news was cool and exciting. That was a lot of guitar. Yes, like, it was cool. The Fender stuff, the Epiphone stuff. I know that was a repeat. The Sir stuff and the PRS stuff. Yeah. The gear of the year at the end of this year is going to be to guitar be... heavy. Mate, oh wait, it's did we do a March? half year? Do we do a half year one? What? No, no. We, well, we sort we of do a, like, a little a, catch We up. did a, a Patreon, I think, last year. Uh, not until June or July, though. Right. Not yet. It's yeah. only, we're only a quarter away through the year. <sighs> yeah, there's going to be so much stuff. It's all so good as well. This is a good year. Our um, um, talking about this year. Our New Year's resolution was to answer more questions. We've got a few minutes left of the podcast. Um, we should probably squeeze a question in. Um, Matt, does that sound good to you? You sound like you're about Wait, to say is something. That, are we yeah, there? I was going to say. I was going to give one last piece of sad news. Oh, go uh, on. Uh, my my Friedman guitar is stuck in CITES hell. Oh, yeah. um, actually, uh, you, I think we we spoke about um, the Shergolds. Yeah, uh, yeah, Shergolds well. are gone. What are they gone or are they back? No, no, no. They're they are also stuck in CITES yeah, hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're yeah. all held. At it's going to be. Docks. It could be another. Well, they're estimating at least another three months. Really? Where yeah. is it then? It's still in America. They can't get the. I I heard that they couldn't get the certificates. They're having a real problem. Wow. Stif- because they're not bulk guitars like a Squire, where they can have one CITES for a whole thing. I think each guitar's got to have its own CITES package, and I think it's proving difficult because the selection process on the Friedman guitars is really tight. Yeah. Um, and I'm I think it's proving difficult with CITES. So yeah, at the moment, no clear date in sight. Which is a shame. You so, know, and there must be a lot of other people in a similar, well, definitely terrible situation. You know what's not affected? Alder and maple. You know what guitars made of alder and maple? Telecasters. So what that means is buy a Telecaster. Yeah. That's what it Matt is did. A telly. It's, that's what I did. It hasn't got. It's like, just got a rosewood board. Yeah, on it. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Anyway, let's um, let's do a question. Oh, just I was going to say a question. 
Good. Kid. That's all we've got time for. Um, which one should we do? Charlie says, I've played Fender uh, Fender style amps for years, but recently bought a Vox style amp. Any recommendations for a medium game, bluesy sounding overdrive pedal to use with it? Matt Knight. Hmm. Do you know what pedal I've revisited recently, which is great and works in all situations? Go the on. Hotcake. Yes. Yes, crowd the, the crowd audio. 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 You yeah. need something not too bass heavy, I guess, to go with a go yeah. with a Vox. What too. would you um yeah. for people who've not um kind of heard about the hotcake before, Matt? What's what's the deal with it? Um, so there, there's, I think, as far as I remember, it's one guy in New Zealand makes this only this one pedal, and he's done that for about twenty years. Not no, true. Uh, prunes, true mate. prunes and custard. And also, oh, he makes the he prunes also and does custard, the double yeah. hot cake. the double hot cake. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's still available. No, I think I that's think gone. That prunes and gone. custard still available. I don't actually know whether that's still available. Oh, really? I it think wasn't you can only buy it secondhand. Right, yeah. Okay. Um, but the the hot cake. Um, yeah, basically a really good all-in-one overdrive it covers boost it covers light drive it covers sort of more of the marshy sort of gain almost like the vintage blues breaker territory yeah um in fact i think the uh, some of them have the bluesberry mod which i think was based on that old um blues breaker pedal i think they yeah, all just do. a great sort of I chunky that- rhythm overdrive i think I, I think that's one of the things that um is a little bit unknown about the uh about the hot cake is that they at least all of the modern ones have got that uh bluesbury um yeah, mod they're... on a little dip switch inside the pedal so if you've got a hot cake and you've never opened it up it's well worth having a little look inside it just to see what's going on that's um yeah there was a point where they just added that down yeah. the line yeah, yeah jay cross have you got a recommendation you play like Voxy stuff a lot of the time, or you used to have some Vox stuff. I did. What did yeah, you yeah, use yeah. for drive? Uh, I used uh, the Fender amp that I yep. also had. Sounds, um, sounds good. It's um, it is a problem, I think. Um, if if you want, because those like don't get me wrong, I I love AC thirties. I, I think they sound absolutely great, but they are they they. They're, they're not overly versatile let's no, put it that no, way you no, wouldn't take well. one to a session gig um you know they they sound amazing if what you want is a like a mid heavy vox sound yeah um well mid heavy you know sort of 60s rock sound um so it is difficult so i mean personally i if you want something that's gonna you know really boost it up i'd go for something that maybe will you know i wouldn't say alter the character per se but like Go look for something like a tube screamer, something that you can really, you know, that's yeah, got something a bit that's more, got tone a bit control more, on completely, it. a bit more shape to it. The Green Child yeah. G77. Matt Knight, I was thinking exactly the same thing. It's actually sat behind us here. Yeah, Green Child G777, yeah. which is a two channel uh, boost and drive that doesn't really sound like anything else but it is quite bright sounding and you could get more sort of chimey fendery tones putting in the front end of a vox i reckon yeah that is a very good pedal very unknown at the moment um i think we're one of the only people to do a video on it and one of the only people to talk about it because it's quite a new company he's only got that pedal and one other one i think didn't he do it doesn't have probably one of the better built pedals we've got oh yeah really well built yeah it's in a really like unique housing like i've it's not just a you know, they've bought a company's uh, bought housing from a company and put it in that. I think it's actually machined for that pedal. Yeah, awesome. A three controls, so you've got what gain, focus, and boost on one channel, and then tilt, 
uh, mid and drive. drive on the other channel. So yeah, one of them's a cleaner boost and one of them is more drive and you can run them together as well so yeah yeah awesome pedal that was that sounded amazing when we did that yeah when we did that you should if uh if you're listening charlie check out the and everyone else check out the uh the pedal of the week uh demo that matt did on that it's because it, it does sound really really good that's yeah, the yeah. Uh, the green child gt 77 Joe Brandon, do you want to take us out with your recommendation for a nice, clean, sort of fendery style drive <laughs> uh, to complement a sort of not, you know, kind of bass-heavy Vox? Well, I, I kind of agree that you have to have something that's got um, a ton of tone shaping. Uh, Quite a lot of, sort of sparkle to, to it, nice and... Yeah, so, well, actually, do you know what? I know that you're, you're saying this because I've got down from the shelf the Frederick FX Utility Percolator. Yes. Which is the, the drive version of a harmonic percolator which gives you a very simple harmonic and balance control so not really the sort of tone shaping that we've been talking about that you require but these are super cool drive pedals they are they're not with tons of presence they're not bluesy though are they they're they're, they're noisemakers yeah that is true yeah i just like this one i think it works well with voxes um i would maybe a full tone ocd i would have said is probably one of the better things i've kind of think of them as being quite similar to krauther hotcakes and and maybe just have the edge for me but yeah. um great yeah. guitarist the edge yeah great pizza wonderful <laughs> with that we should um call it an evening um i've forgotten what i was gonna say we are about to go and record a uh, another patreon. half an hour of patreon content now what we've been doing with the patreon recently is we've been putting up a poll on facebook that um allows you to choose the topic but we had a question in this week that was so good that i wanted to cover it in a whole patreon episode that's um, uh, well well glossed over indeed not that i forgot to put up the poll or anything but this question is very good and it actually deals with some of the stuff that we've already talked about this episode in the kind of blurred lines between the high-end epiphone and the low-end gibson stuff Uh, it's a question from william on the facebook group so we're going to be covering that um talking about kind of what the options are at both those price points and what you should go for if you've got that kind of money to spend so yeah patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds where from as little as one dollar a month you can support us uh one dollar a month gets you the this podcast ad free and early does that mean that people don't have to listen to me talking it that's right indeed right. indeed i mean it doesn't cut you out entirely if oh podcast. that's a shame, that's a shame. Mm-hmm. that is a shame at five dollars a month you get the extra half an hour of uh, podcast content every week uh, you also get branton's rant on the little mini series um and oh, worth else? mentioning if you sign up now you can go back and listen to all the previous patreon episodes so there's like 60 or 70 hours worth of content on there that you can listen to for um, $5 a month. It's like the Netflix of guitar nerds, basically. Um, and for $10 a month, you become our executive Patreon backer, like these lovely people have. Um, I'm trying to think of a little... I'm going to start. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of Hurry. a song. Hurry. Derek Rich, Chris Connors, and Joyce, Steve Merkel, Blair Thomas, Carlos, Mantra, Andrew, Macro, Mark Ross, J.D. Short, Andy McKenzie, Brad Pitt, Paul Gargan, Jack Goffrey, Will Terry, Scott, Brian McGuire, Phil Thompson, Roy Yankers, Will Grant, Colin, There we go, very good. Little Chuck Berry tribute. I'm sure he would have been proud of our of our little thing. As an aside, and I'll say this to you three as well as... Yes. The three people who are still listening. Yes. Um, I've, I, I haven't forgotten that we promised that we were going to do a live podcast. Originally, the plan was to do it for the 100th episode, and that didn't happen. And then we were going to do it for the two-year anniversary. 
and that isn't going to happen either because we're all moving and stuff because we're all when's moving when's the two year anniversary May first week of May which is when I am getting kicked out of my house <laughs> living on the streets yes indeed um but i um the the place that we want to do it i uh i emailed them today to say what have you got available on a friday or a saturday night uh at some point in uh may or june and uh the guy who's a friend of mine emailed me back basically saying lol right so uh it's probably more likely to be in the summer okay Um, but we will definitely do a live podcast. You're moving to a bigger place, why don't we just do it there? Yeah, absolutely. Everyone yeah, we'll just, just come around. I've got a nice little patio. Yeah, nice. We'll have a little barbecue. Just wait till I build my blues shed. Oh, that's, can't wait. Bunker, blues bunker. The blues bunker, that's where it's going to be. Anyway, so um, thanks for listening if you still are. You can follow us, as always, on Twitter, at Guitar Nerds, Instagram, at Guitar Nerds. Uh, go to YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Guitar Nerds videos. I'm working on an excellent video about the weirdest Ibanez guitars ever produced, which will be going up at some point this week. Um, and you can follow us individually, at Mark underscore Random, at Matt underscore Nightsy, at J-A-Y-B-N-1, and at Joseph underscore 900. Do you always do that? You don't normally no, I've, do I've that. stopped doing it and I'm, I mean I've, I've stopped using Twitter yeah I've so. sort of fallen out of love with Twitter but if people want to see what we're up to I guess it's on there yeah. so. I still use Twitter a lot I talk a lot about um, the fact that I really like coffee lefty liberal in it no no mainstream media liberal elite J Cross no I, I talk I, at J-A-Y-B-M-Y I talk, I talk a lot about coffee good and with that we will call it an evening thanks very much cheers bye bye Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.